Episode 8 of Basement Combos starts now. Welcome back to Basement Combos, Episode 8. I feel like we haven't done this in a while, Steve, but welcome back. Yeah, it's been, it's been a little while, but uh, it's good to be back. How are you doing? Good. I'm just busy. A lot of tests, a lot of exams, a lot of essays to do. I, I know you're in the same boat. Yeah, it's very busy. I'm hanging in there, but you know. In our free time, though, we are watching sports to keep up with sports and to keep up with our podcast because that's what we love to do. So today we're going to start off with All-Star Weekend, and let's just start with uh, the skills competition in general, and then we'll get to the dunk contest and the three-point contest. What did you think of the skills competition? Uh, I was It was pretty cool to see four forwards in the finals. Um, I, my original guess was to have Bam. I thought Bam was going to win it, but I was just held back on I don't really know if he can shoot as well as the other guys, um, but he ended up making, I mean, his first two, and then the last one made on like his third shot. It was pretty fun. It was cool to watch. What about you? What do you think? Obviously, the skills competition is the worst out of the three. Obviously, it's the less least hyped. And in my opinion, I thought it was disappointing just because I don't, I remember I was watching a LeBron clip of him and Dwayne Wade doing the skills competition back in like 07 or 08 or whatever, something like that. And they had to throw the ball in so many more like close, close circles. They had to bounce pass it in. And I recognized this year, maybe because I was just watching more closely this year and I tuned in earlier, was that they only have to throw it in one. They only have to make one pass into a basket this year. So it's really just about making a shot, really, and making one pass into a basket. So in my opinion, they got to do a better job with that next year by maybe bringing it back to what it was in 07 and 08. Yeah, they definitely changed it uh, a few years ago. Um, it used to be more complex and like longer. Like, they used to like time you from start to finish, which is, in my opinion, more interesting. But, I mean, I just love all NBA All-Star stuff. I'm just a sucker for, you know, anything NBA. So I enjoyed it just because I love the NBA. I mean, but yeah, it's definitely not as interesting as it was. I saw a clip of Darren Williams on Twitter uh, the other day, and he had to like go through this whole course and looked pretty cool. But yeah, well, hopefully they change it, like they make another changes to things. So. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was talking about. So on to the next thing, and I guess this is the second most important thing of the night was the three point contest. Uh, I thought Trey Young was going to win, and Trey Young had the worst out of all eight contestants or whatever it was. So I I was let down. Yeah, I, I thought Davis Bertans was going to win the uh, sharpshooter from the Wizards just because I, th- I thought a white guy was going to win for sure, if I'm being honest. But um, Buddy Hill came out and he uh, really brought a – it was kind of a, a good performance at the end. He had like a last-second shot to win it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as you know, these are the most talented shooters in the world, so you expect them to put oh, up yeah. big numbers. Uh, I thought once Devin Booker ended his first round, I thought he was going to win, but uh, I was surprised that Buddy Heald won. I would never have thought in a million years he would have won this contest. Yeah, he was the last person I thought that would have won the contest, I'm being honest. I thought there were just more sharpshooters. Like, he's still a sharpshooter, but I thought there were just more people who could just shoot the ball than him, but hey. Yeah, I feel like in the three-point contest, too, you usually, not not as much this year, but usually in the past couple of years, you get a bunch of players that are top of the league players that you love to watch you know what I'm talking about like this year you really had Trey Young I'm I'm not blank Devin Booker's an all-star too obviously but like in the past you, true true but like in the past you usually have like Steph Curry in there James Harden so this year was a little bit disappointing in that aspect but that's what I love about the three-point contest it's like you usually get some of the biggest stars to, on the stage to do it yeah that or the dunk contest are definitely the most interesting out of the three um it was a it was a good three point contest. I had no no issues with it. 
So the dunk contest, speaking of the dunk contest, is, look, it was a great contest. Uh, I think everyone would say that. I mean, it's re your really opinion whether you think Aaron Gordon got robbed or not, and I think you, you didn't think so. I mean, honestly, I didn't think so. Like, I mean, the, the, it's so hard because the scoring is so weak. Like, 50s are not 50s. Some of these dunks are not 50s. I thought Aaron Gordon's third dunk where he just jumped over Chance the Rapper, who's, what, 5'10", and just dunked it over him. Like, I mean, I how is that a 50? Like, I, I agree, the Taco Fall dunk, that should have been a 50. I thought Derrick Jones had a better overall performance, though, if I'm being honest. I thought his dunks, I thought his dunks where he even didn't get a 50 were 50s. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's one of those things where you need judges that don't have connections to these players. And I know a big thing this past weekend was that Derek Jones Jr. had a big connection to Dwayne Wade just because he's a Heat and all that jazz. But I think you need to get some uh, judges in that don't have connections to these players so it's not biased. Not saying it was, but like you said, it's very hard to judge these dunks when you have connections to these players and you're just giving out 50s. And Aaron Gordon throughout the whole contest just got a bunch of 50s. And then he dunks over Taco, Taco Fall, excuse me, and he doesn't get a 50. So you really, I really don't know how the scoring system is set up. Yeah, so apparently um, Common, the rapper and, uh, and director and everything he does, that was like in charge of the whole thing in Chicago, um, he said that they had an agreement to give him a 48 as well. Because uh, Derek Jones just scored a 48 on his like windmill dunk from the free throw line, which is beyond me. But um, so they had an agreement to score 48, and then so that'd be three tenths and two nines. And then Dwayne Wade put down a nine, making it 47, making Derek Jones win. I mean, that's apparently what happened. And uh, Wove on Twitter went through that whole thing. <laughs> it was pretty funny because it's, it's kind of obvious that Dwayne Wade definitely had an edge towards Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, all the contestants were great. I thought Connington dunk where he dunked over. Who, was it Giannis he dunked over and then he hit the backboard before he threw yeah, it down? Yeah, Giannis, he hit the backboard and then dunked it. That was really cool. That I, was really cool. I thought that was one of the best dunks of the night. Obviously, Dwight Howard we knew wasn't going to win just because he's an older player and he's a center, so it's harder to perform. But he had a great first dunk. It was very underrated. I think a bunch of people would agree with that too, to almost freeze in midair and then still throw it down. You know, it's definitely an insane degree of difficulty. It's just because he's so tall, kind of just takes away from how hard that actually is. And you're right, Connaughton's performance I thought was very good, but like in the end, he's not a better dunker than Derrick Jones Jr. Aaron Gordon. Like it would have been, he had two really good dunks, but not as not as good as the other two. Exactly. So I think it was a great night Saturday night watching all those events like it usually is. But this year was something special just because the I think the dunk contest really set it apart from past years. Uh, Aaron Gordon obviously always puts on a show, and then the winner Derrick Jones Jr. did a great job. So now on to Sunday, which was the All-Star Game, which was supposed to start at 8 o'clock, but didn't start till 8.40. I have problems with those type of things, just because it said, you say you started at 8, but you don't start at 8. Anyways, look, it was a great game. It really was. What was your opinion on it? I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I it took me a little, when they first announced the new format, I was kind of like, uh, like, I had like process like what it even was. Um, once I kind of understood it, I was like, I, mean, I think this could be interesting. I think this could make it more competitive. Um, and I kind of liked it more than the original format. And the, the new format got a lot of hate in the beginning. Uh, they ended up making it more competitive, and that was, that was great. Um, they had the three quarters that were uh, timed, and then they a quarter restarted after that. And then the total plus 24 was the goal of whoever reached that goal first one. Um and uh, Anthony Davis did it on a free throw, which I think needs to be addressed. I don't think he should have won on a free throw, but it's hard to like 
it's hard to say what you should do instead of that. It's hard to hold, tackle that whole thing. But I thought it was very interesting. They're playing hard, and it was really cool to see the top talent, top ten players in the world, just playing hard in the basketball court. It was like a pickup game in front of the whole world. I agree. I think there was a bunch of nice highlights in the game, good highlights in the game. Um, my best highlight or my favorite play of the game was Chris Paul throwing down that alley oop. I was just, I thought that was awesome. I, I'm a Chris Paul fan. I know a lot of my friends uh, aren't Chris Paul fans, so I've always, I don't know. I've always been a fan of Chris Paul, and I love pure point guards. But that dunk was just awesome, especially at his age and coming off the bench and the criticism he's been getting. So I thought that was just absolutely awesome. Obviously, all the big time names played really well. One of the big takeaways from the game I saw on Twitter was that Luka Doncic and Trey Young weren't in the game late, and it was Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry in late. But I think that's the right thing to do if you're these all-star coaches just because they're veterans. They've been around for a long time. And I know Luka Doncic played in the Rising Stars game along with Trey Young, so that's probably went into the fact that people were people that were complaining probably didn't understand that. And then on top of all that, Doncic is coming off an angle injury twice this year, so they probably didn't want to play him too much, which I understand. Yeah, I guarantee Donjus is on some sort of minutes restriction having to play uh, the Rising Stars game and then the All-Star game. And yeah, in the end, you're going to have Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry. They're the veterans. You know, they, they got experience. And like, if uh, if you're asking LeBron who he'd rather have in, Chris Paul or Donjus, I mean, he, I bet he thinks Donjus is a fantastic player and he's probably better than Chris Paul is. But for that game, he wants Chris Paul just because he's his boy, you know? And I have no problem with that. It was fun. It was interesting. And as much as I didn't agree with Kyle Lowry being in the All-Star game, he made it very interesting with taking those charges. He was playing hard. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I'm a Kyle Lowry fan. You know that. Um, but overall, I thought it was a great night. Like you said, they were, the players were arguing late in the games with the officials. It was getting a little that chippy. I, I loved it. Yeah, that was great. It was really it was really cool to see them. Like They wanted to win. And yeah. that was fun to watch. Exactly. So overall, it was a great weekend. I think everybody would say that. And uh, we always look forward to those type of things. But really, right now, we're in the home stretch of NBA basketball. We're looking 30 games away from the playoffs. We're looking forward to it. I think everybody is. And we're going to talk about that right now and where the teams are stacking up in these last 30 games. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference. At the top of the list is obviously the Bucks, who only have single-digit losses with 30 games to go. Yes. What's, what's your opinion on the Bucks as a whole? I mean, they could really be a 71 team if they want to. It's just a matter of do they want to play as hard as they can for all 82 um, if it matters or not, uh, they're a really good team. They surround Giannis with a bunch of shooters, have him drive. He either dunks on the entire team or kicks it out for a three. Um, I really don't have any complaints about this team, but as you were talking about in the uh, All-Star game, they were kind of giving Giannis a different look because they were playing hard. And Giannis wasn't as effective. So it's kind of interesting because if you remember last year, in the playoffs against the Raptors, you were talking about this. The, the Raptors threw a, a weird zone at him, and he really couldn't do anything, and they kind of just screwed up their whole offense. So you, you wonder what happens with Giannis in the playoffs if they change things up and he's not as effective. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, we, we were talking about that in our uh, chat with all of our friends. Shout out Duncan Wild because I know he was talking about that. Um, but Giannis, when he drives to the lane and he gets bodies thrown at him, when players are playing hard, obviously that's going to happen in the playoffs. He is, is less effective. We saw that last year and we did see that in the all-star game, but I don't know if there's anyone in the Eastern conference that can guard him in the post that hard. I'm looking at the standings right now. Maybe the Raptors a little bit with Siakam and Gasol. They can just throw those big bodies at them, but true. But I like the heat Celtics, I, they're really not that big. 
They're not big teams. I know Jason, they got some wings, but those wings can't. Giannis is more of that center type of feel. He's not the wing. I, I see him more as a center, not a wing, even though he can dribble. Yeah, no. he's, yeah he's like a forward. He's like a point forward pretty much. Um, who can, you know, also just, you know, Shaq-like presence in the post. Um, one team that I think could handle him, and I really love their just entire roster, is the 76ers. But I haven't really figured it out. I mean, they've, they've kind of got it together a little bit, but like defensively, this team is absolutely insane on paper. And it's just like when you you watch them in games, and it's like they're just they're they're good, but they just don't. There's just not like this connection that you see. I don't know if it's because of it's between Embiid and Ben Simmons and what they got going on. And Ben Simmons can't shoot, so that Embiid's forced to and all that. But like Ben Simmons, great defender. Embiid, great defender. Al Horford, great defender. Josh Richardson, great defender. Tobias Harris isn't bad, and you got Matisse Thibel off the bench, who's phenomenal. Like, it's just, you've got a bunch of these defenders. They're all long, they're all tall. So, like, I really love that team. Like, uh, it's just, I wonder if they can get it together. If I were to choose a team to knock off the Bucks out of that, probably top six, I would take the 76ers. I think they're bigger than the Celtics and Heat. Yeah, bro, I agree with you. I was a fan of the 76ers coming into the season. I think a lot of people were. There was high expectations. Yeah. yeah, there was really high expectations for the 76ers. And I agree with you. I think they are a very good defensive team, but it's whether if those shots are dropping or not. I think if they had a JJ Redick instead of Josh Richardson still, they'd be money. They'd be golden. But it really depends if the shots are dropping. Obviously, Embiid is not a pure shooter. He's a center. Same thing with Ben Simmons. He can't shoot the ball. And then you look down the roster, Al Horford, yes, he can make some shots, but they don't have any of those sharp shooters. I know they made the trade with the Warriors uh, right at the trade deadline, but those guys aren't impact, impact players. So uh, it's very hard to tell, but I do think 70, the 76ers can throw bodies at Giannis over a seven-game series. Maybe not just one game in the regular season, but definitely a seven-game series. They kind of have like a bootleg JJ Redick, this guy Kirk and Corkmaz. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard of him. Probably have. He's he's, he's probably one of their best shooters. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, just a white guy who shoots the ball a lot. He's a good three point shooter, but he's definitely no JJ Redick. That's for sure. He's he's above average by sure. JJ Redick. No, he but, did um, he did have a good stretch before the All Star break. I do remember that. But yeah. it's it's you're still right though. It's definitely not as I agree with you. I I would have loved to see a JJ Redick on this team. I think it kind of would have completed them. Yeah, no, I just feel like if they're not hitting shots, it's it's over for them. Like everyone says, it's a make-or-miss league. So a lot of teams have a bunch of shooters like the Bucks, like the Heat, like the Celtics. But I don't see that in the 76ers right now. And I think that might be their problem in the regular season. But coming into the playoffs, it's really a grit-and-grind game. So we'll see. And it also comes down to who do you have to take the last shot on this team? Is it Tobias Harris? Is it Embiid? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a question for another day because you're right. I really don't know who it is. But one player I do love on the 76ers, I loved him on the Hawks, I loved him on the Celtics, is Al Horford. I just think he's a great team player. And I've heard there's been problems in that 76ers locker room, and Al Horford actually said that. But I am i wouldn't be shocked if he's holding that locker room together as a whole. Yeah, he's a great locker room presence. Um, he said that he's had a little bit of trouble fitting in, finding his role offensively with the new uh, Sixers team. But I... I think this break will help them, kind of just a little mental reset. I think they could be a, one of the dark horse teams going into the final stretch of this uh, of the uh, NBA here. Yeah, besides that, I mean, the Pacers have really fallen off a little bit since Oladipo's return. I've, I think you would agree that the Pacers are, aren't anything that we have to worry about in the Eastern Conference, like the Bucks or Raptors or Celtics don't really have to worry about them right now. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Celtics intrigue me. It's just they don't really have a great presence down low. That's what worries me. Um, the Heat I like. I just don't think they can make that deep of a run. It's, and the Pacers, yeah, they, don't, they don't scare me at all. And obviously the Nets aren't getting Kevin Durant back this season, so I don't really think there's much to worry about with this Nets team right now. Yep, fair to say. So if you had to pick one team in the Eastern Conference right now to go to the finals, who would it be? Um, I would probably say the Bucks. Okay. Go with the majority here. I would say the Bucks. I think uh, they probably, I think they'll they'll have a really tough game in the Eastern Conference Finals, whoever they play. But I think they'll win it in six or seven, depending on who it is. Yeah, obviously it's such a tough question to answer right now because there's 30 games left. You don't know how the season's going to end, like how the standings stack up. And it depends. Like if the Bucks run into two hard teams before the finals, you never know or any of that. Exactly. So it's, it's very hard right now. But if I had to pick one team, I'm going with the Bucks too. But I do think the 76ers have a chance at it, like you said before. I really do. If I had to pick a second team, it would be the 76ers. Yeah, I mean, last year, if that Kawhi shot doesn't fall, who knows what happens to me, you know? Like with the Sixers. Exactly. They, they, play, they play a hurt Warriors team, and then the uh, championship, you know? Like, exactly. So let's go to the more intriguing side of the bracket, which would be the Western Conference side. Uh, we'll run down because, they there's, look, there's really eight good teams in it. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Lakers having a five-game lead over the Clippers and a four-game lead over the Nuggets? Yeah, I don't think the Nuggets are that much of a threat, if I'm going to be honest. I think I think the Lakers would handle them in the playoffs. I think the Clippers would handle them in the playoffs. The Nuggets, to me, are just, I mean, they got some they got some, some dogs on their team, but they're really just a regular season team, if I'm going to be honest. That's just my opinion. I think the Lakers and Clippers handle them pretty easily. Um, and then what was your other, uh, your other question? Just the, like, like over the Clippers? do you think the Lakers will finish first in this conference, going heading into the playoffs, having a five lead? five-game lead yeah. over the Clippers. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I think they'll definitely finish over the Clippers. I don't know if it'll be five games. I think Clippers will turn it on here as the season's coming to an end. I think they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. They've been adding in new guys, and like Marcus Morris needs to get fit in properly still. Um, he had a big shot against the Celtics the other day. Um, but I think the Clippers are going to be – I really think it's Clippers-Lakers is the real threats here. I think the Clippers can really turn it on when they want to. And the Lakers have LeBron, so they can turn it on, you know, with the flip of the switch as well. Other than that, I mean, I like the Rockets. <laughs> like, they're uh, no center. I know they just got Jeff Green and Mario Carroll. Their no center uh, lineup has been not terrible. And it looks like they have somewhat of an edge. Like, they have, like, all right, well, everyone's doubting us, so let's show them what we can do. But I don't think they'll be able to do anything major. Yeah, I would say all of eight teams in the Eastern Conference, whoever makes the playoffs, or excuse me, Western Conference, are going to be good teams, and they're going to be tough outs no matter how you look at it, whether it's the one versus eight, two versus seven, et cetera, et cetera. I do think the Trailblazers will make it in over the Grizzlies, and if they end up playing the Lakers as the one-eight matchup, I do think it's going to be a tough out for the Trailblazers to get knocked off by the Lakers. I mean, I just think every series, no matter who it is, it's just going to be a tough out for any team. I feel like if the Lakers play the Mavs or the Grizzlies, they would probably sweep. You, um, you think they'll the be? You think be, they'd beat the Mavs in four? You do? Yeah, I think they'd sweep Mavs. Yeah, I really do. Um, I think they'd also sweep the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are just way too young. The Mavericks are also just really young, and uh, I think the Lakers are just too experienced. The Trailblazers have some, you know, veterans on that team. And the thing is, the Trailblazers are so hurt. Zach Collins, Nurkic is hurt. I mean, those are two impactful big guys. 
So if they can get them back, I don't remember what Nurkic's timetable is or Zach Collins, but they've been out for a while. I really like the Trailblazers uh, roster going into this year. I mean, they were the three seed last year. People said they overachieved, which makes sense. But um, CJ hasn't been as great. Dame has been kind of a centerpiece there. Um, he's hurt now, so I really don't know what's going to happen with the Blazers, but I agree with you if they were to play the Lakers in the first round. It would be a tough out for sure. So if you had to pick one intriguing team that you think could make a run in the Western Conference, I like this question relating to the Western Conference just because there is eight good teams that are going to make it. And then if you have to give one team that will make the finals out of the West too. So an intriguing team and then the team to make the finals? Yeah. And it, yeah. One team that interests me is the Rockets. It's just that. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to yeah. say the same exact thing. Uh, I mean, Harden hasn't been in 35 a game still, but he hasn't been himself totally. He looks a little off. Russ has been kind of, you know, handling it, um, holding it down. But um, I like where the Rockets are going. It's weird without without a center. Like, they got P.J. Tucker guarding center, but it kind of works, weirdly enough. And I think that he could throw some teams off being that small. Russell just likes driving at the center and just, throwing it down on them so like I mean I don't I don't hate what they've done I think they could be a dark horse in the playoffs and you said you had the same opinion as well yeah I would agree with that exactly I think this rocket small ball really could work I think if they can just put up a bunch of points in the playoffs I mean like we said it's grit and grind in the playoffs so once centers start backing down players and wings for the Rockets maybe it gets a little tough but I don't know if this team plays fast paced just throws up a lot of threes I think they can make it very interesting on a lot of teams yeah, they got some scrappy guys too, like Covington, House Juniors, scrappy guy. Macklemore's okay. Like Covington is locked down defender, and he and he's been hitting some big shots for them. I remember saying I was interested to see where he'd go. I didn't think it'd be the Rockets, but hey, it's, it's been uh, paying out for now. It has been. So uh, the team that I think will make the finals, if I had to choose, I would say the Clippers. I'd say the same thing. It's funny we have the yeah. same we have the same intriguing teams, <laughs> and we have the same finals matchup yeah. as of right now. I mean that could change at the end of the regular season when we revisit this and obviously see the real matchups. But I think it's the Clippers too right now. I just I don't see how much of a freak LeBron is. It's he is he's a freak, but I don't know how healthy Anthony Davis will stay in these playoffs. And LeBron's obviously aging, and they don't have that third, fourth, fifth great role player so right now I just don't see it happening for the Lakers in a seven game series against the Clippers yeah you're a big you're a big Lakers fan taking the Clippers I mean I I respect that just because I honestly excuse me I honestly do think the Lakers are missing a piece I mean not that they're missing a piece they're just missing Kuzma being able to step up um, I don't think that's going to happen anytime sooner I think that's huge Collison denied, decided to not come back so now you still have you know Rondo, um, I mean, he's okay. He's had a, he had a good game like two weeks ago. Like, I don't know. I feel like the Clippers are a more complete team, and I think if they really want to turn the heat on, they can, and that's going to be really effective. Yeah, so once again, we'll see what happens with the rest of the season. There's 30 games to go. The standings in the Eastern and Western Conference are going to change drastically, especially in the West. But, like, looking right now, just before we head off basketball, it's like right now if the season ended, the Clippers would be playing the Thunder. Like, I think that would be an easy series for the Clippers. So you really don't know how this is going to stack up. I wouldn't would say it's easy. I definitely think, it, you know, they would handle them. But I think the, the Thunder would give them a, a fight. I kind of like 
their roster a little bit too. It's just it's a little outdated. But yeah, I mean the Clippers they're going to be really tough to to have in the playoffs. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Best out of seven, you know. Exactly. You're right with that. So basically, I mean, we like I said, we're in the stretch run. Uh, these rosters aren't changing. You're stuck with the coaches you have right now. Besides, really, the buyout market that it that nothing else is really changing right now. Yeah, nothing's really changing. The Knicks suck. What else is now? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking about them a lot towards the draft process and in the summer yeah. towards free agency. But uh, mm-hmm. all right, so let's head on to baseball for a little bit right now. Um, let's talk about the Astros cheating scandal. I mean, I don't really want to talk about it just because I just want to watch baseball. I'm kind of sick of listening to all this Astros stuff. Um, whenever I listen to radio, I just hear every, everything's about the Astros. Everything on Twitter is about the Astros. It's just, it's starting to bother me now because my opinion on it is, look, nothing's changing. He said, he sent out his commissioner's report, Manfred did. It didn't state anything. The players aren't getting anything. I know right now it's coming to fruition again because all the players from other teams are at spring training now talking about it. And look, they're all saying some of these players should have got suspended. And especially the big names are coming out and saying that, such as Bellinger and Trout and Glaber Torres and those type of players. So I'm just sick of it at this opinion. My opinion is I'm just sick of it because it's over. Nothing's changing. I think a lot of teams in the uh, in the MLB, excuse me, do cheat. But not to the extent of the Astros, but I think a lot of teams do cheat in baseball, and it's just part of baseball. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There's always, like, an aspect of, you know, tipping pitches. Like, that's debated whether that's cheating or part of the game. I think it's part of the game. But, like, you know, that happens. And definitely nothing to the Astros' degree happens a majority around the league. Like, that's just insane. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's the punishment has been handed out, and there was no punishment. So it's like... I understand why these, why you know, Trout and Bellinger are all mad. Like I would be pissed off too. Like they're saying, they're thinking, like, man, if I knew what was coming, I'd you know be batting six hundred. But like, it it gets to a point where like, all right, nothing happened. It's over. It's time to get back in the swing of things. Spring training starting up. It's time to lock in. It's time to you know let that go. And then here comes the question of uh, what happens with people hitting the Astros players. Um, Dusty Baker said he was reaching out to MLB like we can't have my players be hit. Like, this is like a dangerous thing. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you didn't really get a punishment. So, I mean, here, deal with the stinger for a week. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, I don't know. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the whole hitting Astros aspect, hitting the players? I think it's totally fair to hit the players. I just do. Um, I, I think it's totally fair just because, like I said, I think cheating goes on a lot in baseball. Whether it's pitchers. For example, Suntan lotion is legal in baseball for pitchers to wear. But if you if you mix suntan lotion with another substance, that technically becomes illegal. And I guarantee you there's hundreds of pitchers, minor league, major league, that do this and they don't get caught. And that is cheating. That's a form of cheating. Obviously, it's not as bad as what the Astros are doing, but it is cheating. So look, the Astros got caught. So yes, they're going to get punished by getting hit by pitches. That's the nature of baseball. Same thing happened to A-Rod when he caught, got caught with steroids. He got hit. Well, I didn't like I agreed with that he should have gotten hit because he got caught. But look, the next time he came up to the plate, he hit a home run. So it's really how you respond from it and what you do about it. Yeah, it's 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 like I have no problem with them hitting the batters either. I mean, obviously not hitting them in the head, like you know, literally the back. Or the body yeah, I agree with that. Tricep, you know, like uh, you know, normal way you hit someone if you're trying to intentionally hit someone, but like I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Like, at this point, if you're the Astros, now, you, now you're back to the whole underdog sort of 
role. So now it's you know if you really that if you're really that good without cheating, which I think they are. I think everyone's going to be you know the uh, Astros aren't going to be that good this year. I think they're going to be fine. Um, it's time for them to show what they can you know still do without losers. I totally agree with you, but I think it's one of those things where. I'm watching like Yankees, whatever. I'm watching Yes and I'm watching ESPN. And I just want to hear about the Yankees or hear about other teams and what they're looking forward to this year. But I'm hearing about the past still. And it's like, all right, let's move on. The Astros won. They're not getting it vacated. The World Series. And I don't think they should get it vacated. I think it's the history of the sport. It happened already. You can't go back to history and take stuff away. So that's just my opinion on this whole Astros scandal. I'm getting a little pissed off now because I think we should just put lay it to rest. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's I think it's overdone at this point. Like I still I understand why why everyone's upset. I mean, I would be pissed too. Um, you know, they get a championship. They get uh, you know Altuve's MVP in 2017. Like should that be taken away too? That whole thing. Like he, it's hard to just take it away. And I hated how Manfred handled it. Like he just labeled the the World Series as a piece of metal. Like, he did that. Re- that was really bad. Was like, what are you doing? That was really like, bad. <laughs> that would piss me off. That would piss me off. He hasn't done a great job handling this. That that was terrible. That was so bad. I was. I couldn't believe he said that. As a commissioner, uh, how do you yeah. say that? Because then you, then you, if for example, like if people wanted to listen to you and agree with him, they'd like stop. Imagine just. Oh, that's that's so bad. That's just so bad. that endorses cheating because he's like, well, it's just the championship. So, like, if you cheat, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> like, it's, that's, like, kind of what he's saying, which is, like, really? And in an interview, I know he was asked, like, did the players get enough punishment? And he said, yeah, like, the public embarrassment of this is enough for them. Like, what? Yeah, so, like, what, what? We're just supposed to, like, just roast them on Twitter? Really? Like, are they, are they all just, like, soft egos on, like, social media? Like, no, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, he Come did. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I... He did such a bad job with that. Yeah, no, that, was, that was just terrible. I was going to say something else. But, oh, yeah. And then the, you watched uh, Jim Crane's interview on that? Yeah, that, like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, that was. Everything, everything was handled terribly by the players, by Rob Manfred, by Jim Crane, all the Astros. Actually, the only thing that hasn't been handled terribly, I think, is Trout and Bellinger coming out and speaking about it. I, I like that. Yeah, I think they're they're those type of impact players, kind of like a LeBron or a Giannis or a Kevin Durant, where you want to hear from those type of players take on issues that relate to the game and even outside of the game. Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100% there. So next week, I know on the show, we are going to be doing our pre-spring training um, looks on the Mets and Yankees. So we'll focus on the Yankees and Mets next episode. But we will be talking a lot of MLB this summer, obviously, because we'll be talk- We'll focus on football and we'll be focusing on baseball mostly because the summer is very slow-paced slow in sports. Um, really, besides that, we nothing really going on in football. Like we said, we're not going to talk much about football until March. But there's a little bit of Brady news. I know this is starting to annoy me a little bit too because Brady is getting a lot. I know G- Brady is the greatest of all time, but... Just on whenever you turn on ESPN, Fox Sports, radio, it's the same type of thing. Like it's where is Brady gonna go? And it's like, all right, Brady's not in his prime. He has another one or two years left. Why are we making a big deal about this? Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. First off, I think it's all just smoke screen. I don't think he's leaving the Patriots. I think that would be really bad for him. Um, I saw there was a rumor that the Raiders offered him like sixty million for two or three years, whatever it was. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that anyway. I don't. Um, I don't think he'll go there. Sixty million is a lot, but I mean, I don't know. I think he's just trying to get a decent amount of money from the Patriots and using these other teams as a leverage for that. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I really, I really just don't even like. Not that I don't care, but it's like, all right, man. Like it's Tom Brady. He's forty-three, whatever he is. Like it's like, all right, let's just get this over with, Tom. You're, you're, you're getting up there. You're, you know, get your money and figure it out. Like that's all annoying. And then I saw Breeze announced he was coming back for the uh, Saints. So that raises the question of what happens with uh, Bridgewater, and then what happens with um, Taysom Hill came out and said he used himself as a starting quarterback in the league so that's interesting you get a little bit of a drama there but nothing really developing yet it's still early no yeah definitely and i know um free agency for the nfl opens up march 18th before that they do franchise tags and all that so in early march we will be doing our nfl free agency predictions on the show too yep. so we're looking forward to that um Besides that, really nothing else. Please keep sending us your Twitter questions because next week we will do a mailbag. And uh, besides that, we will be back next Thursday. We will be filming. So we're looking forward to it. Thank you guys all for listening. Like, Like, rate, and subscribe. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one.